Welcome to The Cindy Rushton Show. Encouraging, empowering, and equipping as you step into your calling and life purpose. Here is your hostess, Cindy Rushton. Oh, you guys, I am so excited. Welcome to our new episode. As you can see, this episode this week is Who is With You? Oh, you guys, I am excited to be digging into this one with you. I hope that you are ready for a big show. Happy, happy day three. We are on day three of my five-day series, Stepping Up to the Call, Who Are You? Yes, I say day three. If you've missed the other two days, no worries. We have got them archived at YouTube. You can find my YouTube at cindyrushton.com forward slash YouTube. And you can also subscribe there to my channel that's brand new. We are celebrating that this week. And um, there, by subscribing, you'll be in position to be able to get alerts that will alert you to other series that we will have coming up, other broadcasts that we'll have, other live events. Um, We are now set up to do all of that. And and also, we'll even have um, my podcast that act surprise next week when we launch it. Um, My podcast will even have a playlist right there. Everything's going to be available right there so you can grab it. I think you're going to love it. And I know I'm excited. What I love is that we um, have different premieres there. We have live broadcasts there. We have replays there. Um, And you can connect with us right there. Again, the the link is cindyrushton.com forward slash YouTube. Subscribe to me. Help me grow. Share me with some friends. Pass me around. I'm so excited because this is not just Cindy broadcasting. This is Cindy building community. You're part of my tribe and I want to thank you. Okay, so today's day three. Are you excited? Um, Today, we're going to talk about the topic of who is with you. You're stepping up to your call and you may be asking, who, me? Who am I? And and yet today I want to ask you the question that someone else was asked in the Bible, and it is who's with you? Who's with you? Because you know what? I think this is going to help you so much. You have an identity as God's beloved. You have beloved identity. That puts you into a position that you have so much that can help you along the way when you're stepping into your calling. You're not out there on your own. Just like the first day we talked about who are you and I asked you to go and, and, and that that was an invitation to a conversation to just sit and ask God to begin to teach you who you are. And yesterday I mentioned to you (laughs) that you may have had something pop up like most of us do that maybe was giving you that check of saying, do you know who I am? Do you know my story? Do you know my past? Do you know my whatever you fill in the blank? And I shared with you that we were looking at the book of Exodus. We were taking some lessons from Exodus from the life of Moses this week for this series. And that when we look at Moses, for example, he was perfectly preserved, perfectly prepared, perfectly positioned, yet he was an imperfect person, just like so many of us. 
And I looked at yesterday how that God knows that. And in fact, that's exactly why God chooses us. He knows we are. There's only one perfect man that's ever walked the face of this earth. And it was God incarnate and Jesus, fully God, fully man. And you know, the funny thing, again, I mentioned this yesterday. He was, he did the great swap. He did the great swap. And when I say the great swap, he did the swap for, of your unrighteousness, your imperfection for his perfection, his righteousness. And in turn, you get the great swap of his authority, his dominion, his image, his beautiful calling on your life, his beautiful promises, his beautiful possessions, his beautiful um, position that you are, you are, you are, you have a beautiful identity of beloved, his beloved, his beloved. Oh my goodness. And that's full of inheritance, full of authority. We are just so very blessed. So today... You may still be saying, but Cindy, who am I? How can I do this? And I'm going to tell you, you are not alone. I'm going to go right back to Exodus 3 today. And we're going to look at that that was exactly in light of Moses saying, who am I? This is exactly the answer that God gave him. God knew he was not perfect. God knew that he had been preserved. He had been prepared. He had been positioned and he was imperfect, imperfect. But what was God's real answer? It's your answer too. Let's hop over to Genesis chapter three. I want to read this passage from the message. I love the message Bible whenever I am teaching because the message has this ability to do the story well. And so I want for us to just for a moment, go back in time and to go back to where Moses, imagining he was in the mundane. What's your mundane look like? What does your everyday look like? Because this is what it's like. Like maybe it's the dishes, maybe it's the floor, maybe it's walking the dogs, maybe it's taking care of the children, maybe it's what? What's your everyday look like? That mundane, maybe it's sitting in traffic for two and a half hours. Do you know what I'm saying? What is your everyday? Because Moses, he, it says in verse one, Moses was shepherding the flock of Jethro. So in other words, he was shepherding his father-in-law's sheep, not his, his father-in-law's. I just want to say that. Okay. So he was shepherding the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. He led the flock to the West end of the wilderness and came to the mountain of God, Horeb. The angel of God appeared to him in flames of fire blazing out of the middle of a bush. He looked and the bush was blazing away, but it didn't burn up. Now, ho, 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 ho. He's minding his own business, out taking care of a huge flock of sheep. And I'm talking about mundane farm work. And He's out there minding his own business in his mundane everyday life. And all of a sudden he sees this bush that is fully engulfed in flames, blazing, blazing, not a little fire blazing, but it's not burning up. He's going, hello, hello. Do you know what I mean? He knows something's up and he goes, <laughs> Moses in verse three says, Moses said, what's going on here? I can't believe this. Amazing. Why doesn't the bush burn up? And so he's just puzzled. Now, this is so cute. God saw that he had stopped to look and God called him out from out of the bush. 
Moses, Moses. He said, yes, I'm here. Now, this just makes me so blessed. I just want to stop for a moment and just say, how many of you, how, are you ready to say, hey, I'm here. I'm here. I hear the call. I, I, I'm smelling the smoke. <laughs> I'm watching. This thing ain't burning up. I'm get, you got my attention, Cindy. You got my attention. But, and you say, yes, I'm here. Well, you're in a long line of people just like that. Because if you look at like Samuel, remember Samuel gets woke up several times. He doesn't even know what he's hearing. He doesn't have any clue that that is God speaking to him. But then he says, I'm here. I'm willing to do your will. We know Mary. Oh my goodness. Can you imagine Mary after 400 years of silence and, and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit, God comes to her and, 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 and he speaks to her. He speaks to her and he, he moves in her life. Come on. Um, you know, and she's like, I'm here. I'm here. I'm willing. I'm willing. And I believe that today, God, I mean, you look at Jeremiah, you look at Elijah, you look at all the great men and women throughout the Bible. The one thing God is looking for is I am here. And so I just want to say, I do know you are here today, day three. I'm assuming you're here with us. But listen to what he says. God says, don't come any closer. Remove your sandals from your feet. You're standing on holy ground. And then he said, I am, this is very, very important, you guys. I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. Moses hid his face, afraid to look at God. Oh my goodness. Of course he was. First of all, last thing he knew whenever he was really noticing and hearing the heart of God, he was in, he was in Egypt and he, was, he made a mistake. He actually killed a person. And then he ran for his life and he ran away from God. There was a lot of in that running away. It wasn't just running for his life and it wasn't just running from the Pharaoh. It, it was literally running from God as well. Oh my goodness. But here God is one. The, the, this bush is fully in, engulfed in flames. He notices it's not burning up. And then he hears the voice of God and he knows there is no God like Jehovah. And, and this God is saying here in this, sometimes the um, translation doesn't fully give us the names of God, but God is here telling his covenant name. We're going to come back to that in a few moments, but being, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that is Jehovah. And he knew he was he was in the presence, the very presence of God, the God of all creation, the God of the, the creator, the God, the almighty God, the Jeho Jehovah, the covenant God. And there he hid his face. He was afraid to look and listen. And he's, God continues. He says, I've taken a good long look at the affliction of my people in Egypt. I've heard their cries for deliverance from their slave masters. I know all about their pain and now I've come down to help them, pry them loose from the grip of Egypt, get them out of that country and bring them to a good land with wide open spaces, a land lush with milk and honey. The land of the Canaanite, the Hittite, the Amorite, the Perizzite, the Hivite, and the Jebusite. The Israelite 
cry for help has come to me. And I've seen for myself how cruelly that they are being treated by the Egyptians. And it's time for you to go back. Hello? It's time for you to go back. I'm sending you to the Pharaoh to bring my people, the people of Israel, out of Egypt. Moses answered God, but why me? What makes you think that I could ever go to Pharaoh and lead the children of Israel out of Egypt? And here's what God says. I will be with you. Soak on that for a moment. If you fast forward in Exodus, you find that at one point where God has had it. <laughs> and I say that in a real Southern girl kind of way. I remember my mom saying, I've had it. And we knew we better straighten up and fly right. But we see fast forward as God deals with them and he deals with getting them out of Egypt and they whine all the time and they are constantly turned into idolatry. Um, he's having to get Egypt out of the Israelites because they have, they, they may have thought that they were still a people known by God. God and God's name and God's covenant, but they sure weren't representing him. They were definitely influenced by the culture and by the empire of Egypt. They, they truly were exasperating for God. And yet we remember at that time when God's saying, okay, you know what? You're, you and your people can go on into the promised land, but I'm not going with you. Remember Remember Moses saying, uh, I don't want to move. I don't want to go without you. Because see, in this, he learned that he didn't want to go anywhere without God anymore. But here, look at this. I love this. He, that he's telling Moses, Moses, this is not about you. This is not about your imperfections. I have preserved you. I have prepared you. I have positioned you perfectly so that I could use you. He's, and, and it's not all about you. It's about me. And, you know, as Moses is saying, but why me? What makes you think I could ever go to Pharaoh and lead the children of Israel out of Egypt? God says, I will be with you. Listen to what else he says. And he says, and this will be the proof that I'm the one um, who sent you. When you have brought my people out of Egypt, you will worship God right here at this very mountain. And Moses said to God, suppose I go to the people of Israel and I tell them the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? What do I tell them? Oh, this is so good. You guys so good. He says, God says to Moses, I am who I am. And this is where the translation gets a little scary here. Uh, or I mean, uh, incomplete. Our language is so incomplete. I love the Hebrew, the actual Hebrew. I've just started studying the Hebrew language and whoa is all I can say. There's so much more. And we'll unpack this more in future studies because I do have my um, names of God studies that we're going to come back and do really in depth. So hang with me. They're going to be back out and going deep and we're going to do that together. But for today, I just want to do a light talk here about this. He says, I am who I am. That is not God being, I am who I am. <laughs> That's not God saying that. If you were reading the, the ancient manuscripts and the ancient Hebrew text, this would be a covenant name of God, the covenant God. And what, and it says here, God says to Moses, I am who I am. Tell the people of Israel, I am sent me to you. Um, and God continued with Moses. This is what you're to say to the Israelites. 
God, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob sent me to you. This has always been my name, and this is how I will always be known. Oh, hang with me. Notice that always, always, always. You guys, you're going to have to go back and ask God, hey, give me some good stuff off of this because he's got some good stuff and I'm totally skipping it for the sake of time. But anyway, he says, now be on your way, gather the leaders of Israel, tell them God, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob appeared to me saying, I have looked into what's being done to you in Egypt and I've determined to get you out of the affliction of Egypt and take you into the land of the Canaanite, Hittite, Amorite, Perizzite, Hivite, Jebusite, the land brimming over with milk and honey. Believe me, they will listen to you. Then you and the leaders of Israel will go to the king of Egypt and say to him, God, the God of the Hebrews has met with us. Let us take a three-day journey into the wilderness where we will worship God, our God. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. I want to sit here and soak on I am. I am that I am. If there's a failure of modern translations, and by the way, I believe in modern translations. Anybody who knows me, I'm sitting here right by a stack of Bibles. And I love them. I believe, um, and if I could give anybody, like people that are asking me, like, how do you study the Bible? I would say you need several translations. Um, some of my favorites, I love the RSV. Uh, um, that is my Bible study Bible, along with the Amplified Bible. You hear me quote that a lot um, because it's a good Bible study Bible. I love the New American Standard. It is also a great study Bible. I think we need them in print, by the way. I like the NIV even and the NLT and the um, message and the passion all for reading. I really love the message and the passion Bible, um, passion translation for reading the storyline of everything. And so, I mean, I'm not being picky about translations. That's not what I'm saying here. I'm saying that it is really hard to take Hebrew language and the understanding of Hebrew language and put that into our language. You know, at the Tower of Babel, all of the languages were mixed up. And remember at Pentecost where God came and he gave Holy Spirit and, and he gave tongues to people. One of the things he's doing, even in these, these days, he is uniting tongues. He's uniting the, com the communication to where people, we, we will be a one, we will be his kingdom here on earth. And it won't be very long. I can see a renewed passion towards all things um, Hebrew. People are renewing to the festivals because there's deep meaning that's missed if you're not if you don't know what the, the the days and the times one of my favorite things I've been studying this year on my own um I have this friend who she has written this book his appointed times um her name is Christine Vallis um Christine um I've gotten so into studying what the names, uh, what the meaning of the months are and like what the Bible has to say about what happens in these months. I can't tell you how much this has helped me to understand the times, understand the prophetic, understand the Bible. There is so much we miss. That's why today I, I feel like it's so important for us as we're stepping up to the call and we really want to know who we are. We've got to get back in the word and we've got to, we've got to be aware of what God says, what the story of God is, because here God is literally in 
this is a story of two, it, this is such a beautiful story. It, there's a theme of the beautiful story of the redemption of mankind that's going on. And God is redeeming even unworthy people. We see that. We see him reestablishing his kingdom. We see even down to like the Ten Commandments or, or like the Sermon on the Mount, which we're going to be having a study coming up um, starting in the first week of October, first full week of October. Um, we're going to be, we're going to start digging in together, digging in deep on the Sermon on the Mount. That is even love language, love language that tells us, um, that's like the ketubah, the, that, that, that marriage agreement, that, that, that's covenant. It's like a constitution or an agreement, a marriage covenant that is set. And we see this this is what's going on here with God and his people. And, and it's just so beautiful. And maybe I'm telling you a lot in this little bitty session, we're going to unpack all this over time. Don't get, don't get me wrong. But what I'm saying is we miss a lot. If we aren't looking at things from covenant, if we're not looking at things from kingdom, if we're not looking at things from this being an empire, a kingdom of that God is reestablishing because the fall literally destroyed God's perfect plan and his, his and and his um his kingdom that he had established because mankind wanted to be their own ruler. They wanted to be their own God. And here we see God is God is here telling Moses something very deep. I love here that passage above where we just read where he said here um that that um this has always been my name. This is how I will always be known. I am. I'm the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I am. Tell them I am who I am, that I am has sent you to them. Okay. Let me tell you what this means. I love this. And, and this is what we're going to truly unpack a little here. Um, I am from Genesis to Revelation. We are introduced to the great I am. That name, if you were looking at it in ancient Hebrew, is Yahweh or Jehovah. Um, and again, I'm saying it in very English terms. This is not how you say it if you were going to be um, speaking it. They actually didn't even speak his name because they were in awe of him. God has given us privilege, get this, as his children to be able to say his name and to be able to know his name and to be so intimate with him that we can, we can know his name. We can even call him Ishi, our husband, our, or we can even call him our father. It's so beautiful. But here, let me just say this, that when we look at Jehovah, the Israelites, they get this. They get how big, uh, th what this name really means. We need to get back to the word because getting back into the word and getting back into the treasures there, we get a revelation that tells us how we can step up to our calling, who we really are, how beloved we are. And, and we will look, if you were to go through and just think about it, anything you've ever studied in scripture, have you noticed that somewhere in there, you're getting introduced to the names of God? Again, I think some of our modern translations don't do as great with this. That's one reason I do like the Passion Bible and I do like some of the original manuscripts is because they do a very good job at unpacking the names of God. But here, let me just say that this revelation is that God is the God 
who wants to be and become your everything. The, the, the very use, the every single use of Jehovah is combined as a compound word. Get this. For example, you'll have Jehovah Jireh, and that means the Lord who provides. So in other words, he wants to be or become your provider. We are introduced to him as Jehovah with Abraham. Remember how Abraham, um, he had lessons of learning that God was his Jehovah Jireh, the God who would provide for him. And we see him renewing this covenant and showing this covenant to Isaac, showing this covenant to uh, Jacob, and now again to Moses and to the children of Israel. It's just beautiful. But when we see these compound words, and I'm going to share with you a few of them in a moment, it's these unpack what the covenant God can be and do and wants to be and become in your life. This is so vital that we really get this, that, you know, like Jehovah Rapha, that he is the Lord, the God, the covenant God. He can't change. He is, he was, he will be always the same. And he wants you to know him as the God who heals, the God who wants to be or become your healer. Um, let me keep on going. As we journey through scripture, we see a constant revelation of Jehovah. The, the most precious uses of Jehovah that I return to again and again are revealed by others smack dab in the middle of their crisis situations. We see a constant revelation of God right when they needed him, right in the middle of all their messes, their mistakes. They're, they're total messes. I'm talking about total messes. We are introduced to the names of God. Get that for a moment. You know what I said yesterday? That, you know, Moses just messed up. God, here is what we can know with God. He's sitting here appearing to him and he says, I am. In other words, he's his everything. He wants to be and become Moses' everything. And Moses needed an everything as a God. He needed a God who could be his everything because he was about to lead people in a place that he himself was lacking faith in those areas. He had been hiding on the backside of the desert for 40 years. Come on. And here we see smack dab in the middle of Moses's crisis. God is revealing his name. It's like that for all throughout Bob, the Bible. Even in New Testament, we see a constant revelation of the names of God. Jesus, all of the names of God, by the way, are revealed again in the New Testament in Christ. We see them in him. That's just throwing that out. Do you like that? Is that a good one? It's almost like eating dessert, isn't it? It's good stuff. And so, but here we see in this story, the, the God who is revealing himself and saying, I am everything that's going to be needed to face your Pharaoh. I'm everything that's going to be needed by these people who are in slavery, who need deliverance. I am everything they need. Is that good? So can I ask you, do you know God? Do you know Jehovah? Do you know him? Have you been through crises? Have you seen who he is in your crisis? If you haven't, let me just tell you, even if your crisis was many years ago, your story's not over unless you know his name in that crisis, unless you can see who he was for you. Maybe he was just the God who was seeing. Oh, come on. I'll tell you more about that in a minute. But 
Maybe he was the God who was seeing, he was seeing how you were mistreated. He was seeing your pain. He was seeing your loss. He was seeing your struggle. That's Jehovah. That's one of his names. Come on. So where are you today? What is your greatest need today? Can I tell you, he has a name for you, a name you can run to. Yes. In the midst of your crisis, if you're stepping into your calling and you think you're not qualified, let me tell you, he's going with you and he is qualified. He says, I take and I place you out of your uh, your lack of qualification out of your mess. Oh, I've swapped. I've done the divine swap between you and Jesus. He took on your old identity and took it to the cross and nailed it to the cross and died for you. He, he likewise gave you his full identity as a co-heir, as his bride, as a child of God. You are sitting as a beloved child with beloved identity because he did the swap for you. He's the name that you can run to. He's the one who gives you a swap for your difficulty, for your struggle, for your inadequacy. That's not who you are anymore. That's not who you are. So when you're stepping up to the call, you need to know that God is who he says he is because he is letting you be the image of him. If you don't know that, you are distorting the image of God. And it's very likely that, that either you will shy back or you'll get a God complex and you'll try to be all things to everybody and you'll try to work, work, work your way into being worthy and, and, and overcoming your shame and your remorse. Come on. There's a lot of things we do because we don't know him. And today I want you to know he is just simply saying, cry out to me. This, this is an invitation to a conversation with God for you to say, okay, I went through that. What were you trying to tell me, God? I remember going through the bondage of debt. Oh my goodness. It was a pain. It was such a heartbreak. It was such a difficult time. And I look back and God was totally showing me. He was the God who saw and he was the God of all my provision. When I got that, I got my deliverance. I knew I could follow him, even though I didn't know how on earth I could get out of that. In my strength, I couldn't. But by putting on his identity that he was giving me as his child, his beloved, I could walk into that. Oh my goodness, you guys, that's good news. Are you stepping up to your call? Do you have a need? Maybe you've got some stuff from the past that's unfinished. Today, sit with him and let him show you who he is. Let him show you what he has called you into, what he's provided for you. His promises through his name are all you need. They're everything you need. Your needs can never exhaust his grace. It's so beautiful. You can never exhaust his loving kindness toward you. He's got such a beautiful, tender regard for you. It is just beautiful. And his greatest desire, greatest desire is for you to run to him and to press into him, press into his presence so he can reveal himself to you so that you know you can run to him no matter what you face. It's not all on you, just like it wasn't all on Moses. His greatest strength was God was being going to be with him. God was going to tell him what to do, what to say. God was going to give him everything he needed to lead a million and a half 
families out of Egypt and in through the wilderness into the promised land. Come on here. God, you know, think about that. We're not very different from Moses. What we can know that's just exactly like Moses is we have a God who wants to know us. And the fun thing that with us is that we're not just tabernacling with him, having a tabernacle that we're carrying him in. We, he's, he's inside of us. He's chosen to be in us. We are his very temple, his greatest of all temples. We can encounter him. We can press in to him. And he's going to show us everything we need. So let, let's just real quick unpack one more thing. And I'm going to let you have, ha, we're going to call this a day so you can just go and seek him and let him teach you. But what does the name Jehovah mean exactly? Well, it means I am who I am. It means he is, he will be, he wants to be all you're ever going to need. Everything he is, is yours and you have access to it and it is yours. So when I say it's essential that you know who you are and that you know what he says about you and that it's essential that you know who he is and what he says about himself and what he can do in and through you, that's vital. It, his name, his very name, Jehovah, means he is, he will be, he wants to be all you'll ever need. He's everything. He's a self-existent one. So this is not like something can trump him. Let me just say that. Today, I believe more people are sitting around scared of the devil and what the devil can do, not realizing you're the overcomer. You are seated in heavenly places because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross for you. Because of your identity. And God is the one who is self-existent. He's creator. There's none before him, none after him. He is completely self-existing. He's where the buck stops. Come on. He's not asking Satan for permission to be in your life. Satan is asking, can I get in this door that she left open? His words, again, going back to Job is, look at my Cindy. Do you know, she loves me. She's my beloved. Ooh, I'm pleased with her. She, she is here for such a time as this. She's here to set the captives free. She's here to heal the brokenhearted. She's here to declare th that there's beauty for ashes. He's bragging, not just Cindy. Come on. He's, he's, he, this is how he speaks of you. You're his beloved, beautiful, captivating bride. You are precious to him. And <laughs> Satan is under your feet. You're an overcomer. It is determined. It is past, present, and future. <laughs> Jesus paid that for you. The great swap. Come on. God is, he is, and no one is above him. And he is the one who's determined. I'm in relationship with you. Whew. He's eternal. He's always existed. He always will exist. There's no beginning. There's no end to his existence. There is also no beginning, no end to his power. It's eternal. He has always been there. He always will be there. He is not, because he's called ancient of days, he is not so ancient that he is not relevant today. He has never been more relevant than today. He is Alpha and Omega the first and the last, the beginning and the end. 
He is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. That's what Jehovah means. He's a covenant God. He can't change. He's always the same. He does not change. You look at, if you're looking for some certainty in an uncertain world, he is your certainty. If you're looking for some eternal because you want things to be a normal, he is your only normal. Getting in step with him and getting your heart in tune with his kingdom and what he's doing in his kingdom is going to set you free. It's going to give you a power. It's going to give you a message. It's going to give you an anointing like you've never seen. This is what he wants. He's wanting us to step into that calling that he's given us because you know what? He has determined it. It, he doesn't change. He doesn't change. He doesn't waver. You can completely depend on him. He says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. He made provision to never bail on you. He's so faithful. So faithful. What you get, let me just say this. I just feel like somebody needs to hear this today. When we become saved, there's so much that happens. It's beyond a fire insurance policy out of hell. It, there's so much that happens with that. With, with salvation, we literally die to the old man that is under sin and death. And we're raised in newness and life into a new identity, a beloved identity as a child of God. As the, the, the baptism, that baptism that we have is a time of purification, but it's also a time of identification. It's literally saying goodbye to the old ways, the old world, the old past, the old identity, and becoming one with Christ. It is a betrothal. It's marriage, it's marriage words. This is becoming united and becoming one with God. God, because Jesus is God, fully God, fully man. And this is you becoming one with him. My sweet friends, he's raised you up and you are deathless. You are operating today in kingdom. You're operating today in, 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 in eternity. So you now have shifted. You are what they call deathless. That's a theology word, but you are deathless. Nothing can take your life again. You are out of bounds for sin and death. They have no, they can't get you anymore. What you would do now is you would just go to sleep. If, if you're, if this body goes from, from what we would call life today, you're already eternal. You would immediately, you're, you're in eternity. You can't be killed. That's where Paul could say things like that, like, um, to live as Christ, to die is gain. It's, it's the same difference to him because he died to the old Paul, the old identity, the sin and death that kept him in bondage. And he found a real freedom, a real eternal life. And you guys, this is the name of God, Jehovah, same yesterday, today, and forever. He never changes. He is eternal. We get to join him through salvation in eternity now. Here and now, there's a fullness, yes, when we get to see him and we get to be with him in heaven, but today is eternity and kingdom here on earth as in heaven. Come on. That means that that we possess everything he possesses. And that brings me to the next thing. His name means that he possesses and grants eternal life from the very foundation of the earth. Jehovah had and still has the kingdom, the, the key to eternal life. 
He himself had the plan. He made the plan. That's his beautiful story of redemption that he unveiled from cover to cover. This is, this is a beautiful story, love story of his redemption of mankind. Isn't that beautiful? But it's your love story. It's your covenant. It, this is your marriage covenant. You want to talk about marriage license? This is way better. This tells you exactly what he will do and be for you. It tells you exactly who you are and what you will do and be for him. He, and then here's the funniest thing. He makes it happen for you. You don't even have to work your way to him. His grace is sufficient. It's the only way that we, uh, in this flesh and blood, this, this soul, the soul that was tainted by sin and death, is the only way we'll be able to be eternal. And I love that he possesses and grants eternal life. The whole story of the Bible reveals his plan, his salvation. And it's more than just a, a fire insurance policy out of hell. He's the only one that can possess this life that he gives you. He is covenant keeping. This is another definition of his name. Covenant keeping. This is where it gets even better. Jehovah doesn't just exist and hold eternal life. He cut covenant. He literally gave the life of Jesus, the perfect lamb. Y'all get this. Let me just tell you this real quick. We're going to come back to this when it gets closer to Christmas. But do you know that Jesus was born? Many tell this little Baba lamb story. And I just want to say it's more powerful than you can ever imagine. He was literally called. They were called to Birmingham, to Bethlehem for a census. And Mary happens to go into labor. And here's the deal. The only place that she, because they abided by the purity laws, the only place that she could give birth to Jesus happened to be where they birthed the sacrificial lambs. Bethlehem was a city where they birthed sacrificial lambs. You know, when you hear about him being wrapped in swaddling cloths, do you know what those were? Those were the cloths that, that after the, the priest used their garments, they would tear them up and they would wrap the little lambs whenever they were born with swaddling cloths so they wouldn't frail and fret because it was very, it was the, the firstborn lamb had to be protected so that, and that's why you had shepherds that their full-time job was taking care of these sheep that were going to be sacrificial lambs. Well, Bethlehem was the city where they raised the sacrificial lambs. And Migdal Eater, you can look that up online, is believed to be where Jesus was born. It happened to be where the sacrificial lambs were born. And the swaddling cloths, those were to wrap him up to make sure he was fully protected and would be without blemish protected, um, just like the, the lambs. The lambs couldn't have any blemishes. And if they had frailed, got frightened or whatever, they would have possibly hurt themselves. And that's why they were wrapped in the swaddling cloths. Is that cute? We're going to talk about that more at Christmas. But for right now, can I tell you here, <clears throat> Jesus Christ, he is the lamb of God who he came as a suffering servant. That's what trips up Israel. They were looking for a Messiah, but they were looking for the Messiah who would bring the kingdom down and who would crumble, crumble the Roman kingdom. And here you get the story here of Jesus coming as a suffering lamb because we needed sin and death defeated. Can you imagine Satan's moment where he had to face the fact that he thought 
you know, surely God wasn't going to take the life of Jesus and give the life up. And you, there was surely another way that God would go about, um, and you know, trying to provide salvation. And he couldn't even wrap it in his mind. And I'm sure that the moment that Jesus died and God literally turned his back because he had to, he couldn't see all that sin and death that Jesus was defiled carrying to that cross. He, he, that Satan must have really been sitting back going, wow, this was easier than I thought. This is better than I thought until that third day, until that third day, Jesus took all the sin, all of it was placed on him. The weight of all humanity, the sin was placed upon him and he was the sacrificial lamb. God is a covenant keeping God. And he, through that, through that blood that was shed is everything we need for life. Again, the great swap, the great swap covenants more than an agreement or even a commitment. But Jehovah's bound by covenant. He's a covenant God. He's a covenant God. It is the very essence of his character, not just an agreement he made. It's his character. He can't break covenant. He is covenant. And, he, and that covenant was sealed just for you, just for you to have salvation. And that brings me to another quality, another meaning of his name. He's unchanging God. He is unchanging. You talk about security. You talk about peace in the midst of life's storms. You talk about certainty in the midst of an uncertain world. He's the stability that we crave. He's the certainty that we crave. He's the focal point that calms our shaky lives. You talk about a good message to go and share. I think this is my favorite message ever because here, right here, I can assure you he's everything you're looking for everything you're looking for and all of life is in him this means that more today uh, it, it means more today than than just life after death it's today life it's abundant life today it's a lavishness it is literally all the all the authority all the power all the riches of heaven are yours and you're an image bearer taking it out to the world everything all else, you know what? Everything else withers and dies with him. Everything, death, destruction, weariness, because Jehovah brings life, life, abundant, lavish, overflowing life. That's what his name means. And he says, I'm faithful. He's faithful to his word to all generations. You notice how he mentioned I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He didn't just set himself up as an institution. He, he absolutely declared it. His is one that cannot be changed. It cannot be undermined. It cannot go away. It is always relevant. And I'm sorry for those who think that his creation science isn't relevant today. They're only lying to themselves. He's never been more relevant. His word is literally being fulfilled daily by signs and wonders all throughout the world. There's things happening that can't happen. They can sit here and they can blame it on global warming or whatever, global change, whatever they're going to say. But what I see is that all of creation is declaring that he is God and that his word never fails, that he's faithful to all generations. And he is very faithful to our generation right now. He can't forsake his covenant. 
his covenants he cut into scripture are made in eternity and they're made for eternity. Think about that. We don't deserve the faithfulness that we receive in relationship with Jehovah, but it's who he is. It's his name. It's what he is. He can't go away from who he is. He is God, the God, the Jehovah, the, the covenant to all generations. Each and every promise that we read in the Bible is his word. It's his ways. It is his word and his way to us, for us. His character assures us that he's waiting and watching at all time to fulfill his word, even in our generation. <sighs> Is this good? So what can this mean for you today? Does this excite you today? What do you need today? The very essence of Jehovah is what he says is yours. He wants to be or become everything you need. He is waiting. He's watching. He has the ability to meet your deepest needs. In fact, he's committed himself to meet your deepest needs. It's just what he's all about. So what's your greatest need today? What is your greatest need today? Is it terrifying to think that God has a calling for you? And maybe you're saying the same thing that Moses is saying, who am I? You're asking that as well as he did. My sweet friends, you are who he says you are. He can do what he says he can do. You have everything that God says you have. He is who he says he is. He can do what he says he can do. He will do what he says he will do. And he's going to do it for you, in you, and through you. You can confidently step into your calling knowing that you are never going to be left alone. You're never going to be forsaken. That this is his word to you today. It's not all on you. As a matter of fact, none of it's about you. He's with you. <laughs> so Jehovah Jireh, he's the God, the Lord who will be your provider. He, he is Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals, the God who wants to be and become your healer. Come on. You're not looking for a vaccine. You're not looking for a face mask. You're looking for Jehovah ja Rapha. He's everything you need. <laughs> he's Jehovah Nisi. That means he's the one that you can look to in the midst of battle. Knowing he goes before you. He's the one you can declare and you know you will be victorious. He's Jehovah Makadashim. He's the one who sanctifies and makes you holy. You don't do it yourself. You don't have to be good enough. You can't. Your past doesn't, remember we talked about this yesterday, we've talked about it today. It's not about your holiness, your abilities, your ways, your, you know, I'm telling you, it's him, him. People aren't to believe in you, they're to believe in Jesus. He's the only one who's perfect. And your Jehovah makes you sanctified and holy. He's Jehovah Shalom in all this mess, all this chaos, all of that. He's the one who tells you, hey, I'm with you. I'm your peace in your storm. I am your certainty in your uncertainty. I'm the one you can count on. You can count on it. <laughs> I am your Jehovah Sabaoth, the Lord of hosts, the, your strength, your deliverer. <laughs> You know what? The enemy can wage whatever war he wants to wage against you. Your Lord is there to fight for you. 
He's the one to deliver you. He's your safety, your strong tower. He's your endurance. He is the one who is over the whole host of heavens. Nothing's outside of his control. That means you are an overcomer because it's who you are because of who you're in covenant with. He's Jehovah Ra, meaning your shepherd. You know what? He makes sure that he brings you rest and nourishment, protection, comfort. He pours his Holy Spirit over you to, to keep you cared for, to get rid of anything that's pestering you. He's always with you, leading you in truth, to carrying you beside waters that are going to be still. He will lead God and direct you because he takes good care of his sheep. He's Jehovah seeking you. He's the Lord, your righteousness. Your relationship's not dependent, again, on your righteousness. It's on the righteousness of Jesus Christ because he determined that. He's Jehovah Shammah, the God who is there. Oh, he bears the load. He gives you step-by-step direction. He's your cloud by day. He's your fire by night. He's your help in the battle. He brings you out of captivity. He is there to bring glory out of your ashes. Wherever you are, whatever you're going through, he is your everything. Are you excited? So who are you? I have to tell you, the answer to that is who's with you. Who is with you? He says he can, what he can do for you, and he will. He will. Oh, I want to dig into this again tomorrow. This is day three. We got day four and five. Please don't miss it. You can find the this uh, find us live tomorrow at YouTube. You can also um, find the replays there. This replay, you may be even listening to this on replay. The replays from the past three days are all there, and. This is part of that five-day series, but this is not the end. I want to encourage you to follow my YouTube channel because we have this kind of teaching and many other things that are there. Um, we have teaching that will help you on a spiritual level. We have things that will help you in, the mar in your marketplace or in your, your business or your, your ministry. We have things there that are going to help you in your home and your family because you, are, you need a holistic ministry, something that can come alongside of you and that can help you as you step into your calling. And that's what we're here for. We're here to have community, to have encouragement, to help you as you step into all the things that God's called you to step into because guess what you can do it you yes you because who's with you god god um i just want to invite you to subscribe to my youtube channel make sure you turn your notifications on so that when we're live or when we add a video that you get information first if you um would like for us to send you emails and email updates please definitely go to my website, cindyrushton.com, and subscribe to my new um, update list. All you have to do is scroll down the front page to stay connected. Um, you'll see the little blank, the little um, form there. When you do, I have a gift for you. It's called The Power of an Hour, and I think you'll like that teaching too. And it's totally only available for those who subscribe to my mailing list. So go grab that too. Again, I'll see you tomorrow. We'll be live at two o'clock and um, then the replays will be available starting at 2.15. So come and check it out. 
definitely subscribe, share us with your friends. I look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Thanks for joining me and, and you guys have a wonderful day. I'll see you tomorrow. And that's a wrap for the Cindy Rushton show. We will be back next week for another awesome show. If you can't wait until then, check out other great episodes and our show notes online at our website, cindyrushton.com. And don't forget to subscribe to our show at any of your favorite podcast services so you don't miss even one episode.